guy, what's up, baby? What it do, baby? Yeah, you already know. Slave masters are at it again. You know what the craziest thing about the 17 games is? Is what? like, so you could, let's say there's a team that wins all 17 games, right? And then, you know, you make it through the playoffs, you would still be the number one seed, so you'd probably only be able to win three more games, right? So that means that if you went undefeated through the Super Bowl, you still wouldn't have as many wins as Deshaun Watson has sexual assault allegations. Damn. It's pretty damn, crazy. The truth there. Mm, damn, Nick, that was that was harsh. <laughs> it doesn't look good for Deshaun. It doesn't look good. Yeah, uh, I think there was uh, news yesterday. This is we're recording this April third. Um, that the Houston police is now investigating this. There, yeah, they're stepping in. Say, all right, what's going on here? <laughs> He's clearly doing something. Yeah. I, I, who knows it's like it's weird because it's like stuff it's like he's getting massages and he's getting multiple massages from multiple different people yeah. it's not a good look it's not a good look yeah i mean it definitely i think i mean we're gonna you know have a huge courtroom debate it seems with this about consent and all that and you know what what actually happened um but I think it's hard to say that he wasn't going to massage parlors and getting rub and tugs and things like that. Like it, that seems very much clear that he was at least engaging in you know prostitution, which um, yeah. I think, or at least which is fine. To, I, I don't at, have anything. Best, if, it, if it was consensual, best. if it was consensual prostitution, I don't think there's anything wrong. With yeah, if it's consensual prostitution, it's not a problem. But that still would probably be eligible for discipline by the NFL. You know, so at the very least, we're looking at like a personal conduct suspension of probably four games or something um but at worst um this guy's getting locked up so yeah i don't know god it's uh and apparently teams are still from reports teams are still calling about deshaun watson for trade so yeah i mean maybe if that has anything to say about because you know people in the nfl they have eyes and ears everywhere yeah so I wonder what they're hearing because, like, they might be hearing stuff like, "Oh, it's it's all bullshit." Are they like, because, like, why would they still be calling about? I guess the trade value must be super low right now. But then again, are you betting it all on some person who could be in jail in the next six months? Yeah, you might as well just hold it. Like, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with waiting to see how this process waits out. Like, I don't think you're gonna miss on Deshaun if you wait through the trial. I think most teams are gonna wait to make a big move. By the way. I have to turn off my headphones because they're going to die. I forgot to charge them. So I'm going to do that. If there's audio coming through my computer that gets too annoying, let me know, Eric. Okay. Kind of do? Okay, now I do. I can hear myself a bit, I think. Test, 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 test. Okay, cool. Your voice sounds pretty high, so it's kind of funny, but it's I can still understand you. Um, so to continue with Deshaun, I don't think um, I don't think anyone should be making a move for him until this 
this legal situation sorts itself out. It's very confusing. I, I guess the, the lawyer said that he was going to release, like, you know, pretty damning evidence. And I don't think it ever got dropped, you know, to my knowledge. Maybe mm-hmm. it was an April Fool's joke, but I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a tricky subject. I think we got we have to wait for more information to come out, obviously, before we render any judgment on Deshaun Watson. So yes, he'll just... have his day in court. Yeah, he'll have his day. He'll definitely have a day in court. Um, a situation where discipline's already been handed down is the uh, Kevin Durant Michael Rappaport beef. Um, now, this I... is fun. Now, I mean, now now apparent like. You tell the backstory, then I'll lead up to the recent developments in this case. Okay, so this is apparently a a beef that has been going on since, I believe, opening night of this NBA season. Um, Basically, Kevin Durant was interviewed by Charles Barkley. I honestly forget what was said. Um, But Michael Rappaport, don't know him, he's an actor that has kind of turned into, a, I guess, a bit of a sports podcaster to an extent. His whole thing is basically, like, just, a, you know, shitting on athletes in a New York accent. Um, and he happened to go at Kevin Durant. So he said something after this interview with uh, Kevin Durant and Charles Barkley. I guess they got, like, a little chippy or something like that. Um, Michael Rapport said something among the lines of, wow, um... Kevin Durant is, you know, really so sensitive about everything. I think he tagged him on uh, on Twitter and all that. Yeah, he said verbatim, KD seemed deeply in his feelings with the NBA on TNT crew after the game. Damn it, he's super sensitive about everything. Don't do the interview. So, Durant, known for taking criticism well, said... Um, the man who created many burner accounts yes to to defend himself from the uh, online trolls that would dare you know criticize his decisions or his game he said uh me and mike talk crazier than this on the regular and today he's pissed my bad mike damn oh wait that wasn't in response to the first tweet that was i guess in response to some dms that michael rapport leaked which okay now i'm following mike sorry about this okay so kevin durant reached out on instagram to michael rapport Sent him a snapshot of the tweet where Michael Rapport said that he was in his feelings and just texted, uh, DM'd him, you a bitch. <laughs> then you Michael Rapport came back and said, just do the fucking interview. And if you're upset about something they've said, say something up there looking like you were going to cry and shit. So Michael Rapport is not blameless in this either. And he said, I did the interview, you dickhead. Tell your baby daddy Chuck to be better at his job and frame his questions better. He gave me two options for that dumbass question, yes or no. I don't know what the question was and and, and that mm-hmm. they're talking about. Do you remember, Eric? Uh, the question I, it was. I remember that interview because a lot of people came out after that interview and said it was. He just gave a, like very little. He didn't look like he was enthused to be there. It was just a lot of like, "Hey, KD, how's it feel to be out there? You know, after being gone for a long time." Yeah, and so fucking KD just kind of. Is, uh, he, he is i mean i think michael rapport's right he's a little moody a little. oh yeah oh yeah i mean he has definitely there's evidence behind that and i think uh from it's kind of cut off in the dms but it looks like there was a uh, this big post uh, that came up with a quote from michael rapport i'm assuming 
that said, I don't know why they still ask for this idiot's opinion when referring to Kevin Durant. said if someone called Kevin Durant an idiot, he would literally cry on TV. Now, this is where it gets crazy. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to say this uh, uncensored because, I mean, if you've listened to this podcast. These are not the words of Nick Gammon. These are the words of one Kevin Durant. Um, He said, I heard it all before you, cunt. Chuck doesn't need you as security. You pale, pasty, cum-guzzling bitch. I swear I'm going to spit in your face when I see your dirty ass. Bet your life on it. And let's keep in mind that the, on the Instagram DMs, like, a lot of these messages are, like, you know, they're kind of, like, separated a little bit. So you can tell, like, Kevin Durant just kept going back to this at, like, later points and kept adding to it. It wasn't, like, mm-hmm. all in one burst. Um, so he says, bet your life on it. Meet me on West 17th tomorrow at 10. Or better yet, what's your address? 10 a.m. at Catch Steak on the corner. Meet me there, pussy. <laughs> uh and then Michael Rapport said, go help the kids in Brownsville, Brooklyn, and stop being a fucking puzz. Um, which Brownsville, Brooklyn is a... I live just across the street from Brownsville. It is a pretty rough neighborhood. Um, Kevin Durant said, you a bitch for even caring how I do an interview. All you do is cocksuck other men for attention. <laughs> Trump didn't pay attention to your sorry ass, so now you want to use everybody else to get views and laughs. Your life is a joke, you fucking pale cocksucker. Go get some sun. It's fucking with your brain, piece of shit. I like that Kevin Durant calls people cocksuckers. I didn't expect that to be in his lexicon, but uh, I think that's a good little dick room to go to. Um, Michael Rapport tells him to go to Brownsville and help the people that need it. Calls Kevin Durant a goofball. Kevin Durant says, you go do it, you clown. Good for you, but nobody gives a fuck. Suck a dick. Can't wait to tell you all this in person. Um, (laughs) Then the most recent update was... Kevin Durant sending a bunch of laughing emojis said, you called your lawyer like the pussy you are. Ha 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 You couldn't talk Portnoy talking shit. I think you meant you couldn't take Portnoy talking shit. Dave Portnoy. Of course, referring to Dave Portnoy, uh, the founder of Barstool rat. Sports. Defamation of character? Question marks. Crying emojis. Pussy ass want to lawyer up. Your wife mad as fuck because you wasting that little bit of money on a lawyer because you can't take a joke. Ha 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 ha. How pussy are you? Your wife doesn't even respect your bitch ass. Ooh, damn. <laughs> Got him. So, a heated discussion. What What are your opinions on this beef, Eric? Do you have a horse in the race? Uh, so I didn't have a horse in the race, but not until the NBA came down. And the his Kevin Durant's punishment was fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Now Nick, you might say, Oh, okay, they just fined him fifty thousand dollars, but what does that have what's the news there? The NBA also fined found they find yes. they also fined the uh, Myers Leonard fifty thousand dollars for his offensive remarks. Which were worse. Which were worse. Yes. Because these are, so are the, like, apparently they're, like, homophobic slurs and stuff, but, like, really, like, calling someone a cocksucker, in my opinion, like, doesn't, it, it doesn't like even all, really have anything to do like, with the gay community to me. Like, I get Yeah, it's you, like, it's all, that's all just, like, I don't know, it feels like that, like, that's just stuff that guys say to each other. I don't know, like, oh, you're a cocksucker. Yeah. I don't think he's referring to, like, oh, you are gay, and thus 
you are lesser than it's just like that's what you it's just that's the insult i, I don't think they he kevin durant put much stock into the fact that he wasn't calling that it was just an insult yeah like he didn't use like any of the the really hardcore like you know yeah he didn't say homophobic he didn't say the f word he didn't say he didn't call him like he didn't say he was specifically gay yeah it's basically like calling someone an asshole or a piece of shit. And he called it's him like, a cum guzzler, which is a great one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a great, great one. one. It's it's kind of crazy that like Kevin Durant like talks the same way I did on Xbox Live when I was 15 yeah, years old. Yeah, it's like he has the mentality of a a, a 14-year-old on Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, I well, here's where I think it gets interesting is cuz it like this whole thing made me like really kind of like delve into like what's going on in Kevin Durant's head. Like why did he get so bo- why does he get so bothered about it what everyone says? Like how did he get so worked up? Um cuz again, this is a situation where like it only stood to hurt Kevin Durant to like do that. Yeah. Um and it just his what we just talked about a couple minutes ago, Michael Rappaport is right in a way to where Kevin Durant is moody and sensitive. Uh, and does not take criticism well in any form. So I wonder if it's just like you see it with these guys. Like LeBron, not nearly to this extent, but LeBron has had issues with people criticizing him. Kyrie has had issues with people criticizing him. Um, I look at, uh, and and this isn't like a, you know, one-size-fits-all kind of approach, but I look at those guys as being like all, you know, top three picks. You know, Kyrie and LeBron were number one. I think Kevin Durant was number two behind greg odin in his draft class yeah um and they've all been told that they were the shit since they were young young kids like they were there was no doubt that they were going to be nba superstars from like a very early age so you're surrounded by a bunch of yes men and a bunch of people being like you're the shit you're awesome you have to think that you're awesome to accomplish what you want to accomplish uh and then the moment they hit the nba you know it goes good for a little bit at first you know everyone loves the new young star and everything once expectations raise, though, um, you become the target. Target's on your yeah. back. So they have had a, a, all three of those guys. I think have had their difficulties with the target being on their back. Now LeBron has certainly grown up a ton, um, and he has gotten a, at least a, a, a little bit better at dealing with criticism. You know, he had a tough time dealing with, um, you know, understanding why the media would give him shit for going to Miami and leaving Cleveland, which was an overreaction by the media for sure but still it's it's a little tone deaf to not understand why people would be upset i look at other people that i see as really laid back kind of self-aware guys some of my favorite personalities in the nba i think of like a like a you know jimmy butler or a jalen brown or trying to think of some other like uh kind of cool guys that like Giannis as well um those guys tend to not take that shit too seriously and get too caught up in the media circus. Um, I think because they haven't had the highest of expectations. They were expected to probably get to the NBA at some point, but you know those guys were you know projected to probably be just role players or low end starters, and they've exceeded expectations. So they're kind of used to people you know criticizing them a bit, and they really have every reason to kind of go back at the media because they've been wrong about them. So I, I think that's kind of interesting. I think you, it, it shouldn't be surprising that Kevin Durant acts this way. And, you know, people shouldn't be asking, oh, why is he so sensitive? It's like, well, because he's basically, not to say he didn't go through adversity, but he's been kind of spoiled in terms of praise about his basketball ability. And, like, you know, that's like the one area in his life where he doesn't feel like he can be touched and then people start trying to touch him. 
That's my opinion on it. Yeah. It's, I, I kind of agree with everything you just said because it's, and Kevin Durant, it, like, he has such a history with this. Like, this isn't the first time he's obviously done this. Like, the man's known for creating burner accounts, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, it's, and also, like, he has grown up with just a, not grown, I wouldn't say grown up, but like, I would say since like the age of probably 16, he's kind of had people just uh, building him up. You know, that's what you're supposed to do when, with a young basketball prodigy. You know, yeah. you don't want him to get too, uh, you want you want them to stay confident and be confident. So, you know, you have a lot of people around you just building you up, building you up, building you up. And it's a lot of guys I can't handle the criticism. Like the part of the, Part of being in the NBA is having the media compare you to people who have come before. Like, there's no room for media for being a Gorgie Dang. Yeah. And there's no room to become a, uh, like, a Robin Lopez. Like, you don't, you either have to be the greatest of all time or you're nothing. Yeah. You'll get shit on. So, even, yeah. even if it's not your fault. Like, Greg Golden, not his fault, but he got shit on for a bit. Yeah. After the fact, you know, in hindsight, when they're out of the league, you know, and it's not really a news story anymore, they they tend to come back around and you know make their corrections of like, yeah, it wasn't really his fault, you know, he got hurt. But at the time, the criticism is brutal because that's what gets the clicks. That's it's all entertainment, and I think uh, I I can understand why guys have a hard time, you know, seeing their their passion as entertainment but when you get to the nba that's what it is you know it's a it's a media circus so you have to be able to kind of stomach that and not really give the trolls like michael rapaport too much of your attention um i mean you know it all comes back to some of these athletes just aren't good people and that's okay they don't have to be good people they just have to be good at their at their jobs and not be you know dog shit people they can't be you know hurting people basically it I don't think Kevin Durant should have got fined $50,000, but I get why he did because the text got out there. And you can't, if you're the NBA, you can't do anything because it is like a, it's it's not a good look. Yeah, it's just a bad look, bad timing, but we got some other NBA news. So we got some trades, the trade deadline. We missed totally the trade deadline. Oh yeah, let's uh let's pull up the trades. We gotta um, we gotta give a standing O to uh the greatest executive of all time, Pat Riley, for, for got, getting uh, Victor Olin. Victor, Depot what for what did nothing. he trade? He traded um he traded a water boy and some of his nut crust. Is that what he <laughs> traded? <laughs> he traded three players who weren't playing and one player who was playing pretty good, and that was Kelly O. Uh, sad to see Kelly O go, but. The haul back was fine to where we he's replaceable. He was gonna go anyway this yeah. off season. So we got uh, Nemanja Belitsa or just Belly. Nemanja Belitsa. Nemanja Belitsa. That's we what it is. Sent, we, we sent Chris Silva, who hasn't played a minute this year. Mo Harkless, who's been injured and hobbled the whole year. Yeah. For him, and then we traded uh, uh, Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley. For Victor Oladipo, and I think it was like a like a pick swap or something, right? A which, pick swap that you know, was, which that won't even so ex- convey significant that was worthless. Yeah, because you're not going to have a worse record than the Rockets in 2022. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, that was a good uh, trade deadline for you guys. Yeah. Tip my hat to to Mr. Riley. Yeah. He he did it. He I mean like and also like the drama like this was down to the wire trade deadline day because the talk beforehand was Kyle Lowry and the and apparently so here's the story behind the Kyle, why the Kyle Lowry trade didn't happen. Pat put in his offer the day before and didn't change and his offer was Kelly O Duncan Robinson and I think Avery Bradley. Mm. And they wanted Tyler Hero. And Pat was just like, nah. <laughs> yeah. Well here here's Pat the thing. Like, nah. I think apart from And they also had this they had this Victor Olin Depot trade set up days before as their plan B. So they 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 waited till like a, literally the last minute to get this to uh get to um for the Toronto to trade Kyle Lowry, but didn't happen. And honestly, probably a good thing because Duncan Robinson has been playing great the last three games. Yeah, and Kyle Lowry, I would not be surprised if he took like a, a sweetheart deal to go to a contender, whether it's Miami or not. Is a question because I think Philly and LA, uh, the Lakers will definitely, and the Clippers for that matter, will definitely be in the the race uh, to get him this offseason when he is a free agent. Yeah. I see him taking less money to join a contender, though. So I I think the Heat could easily acquire him without giving up anything at all um, and fit him into an exception or something like that. Because Kyle Lowry's pretty old. I think he's like 36. You know, he's got you know, maybe a couple to three years left. Um, yeah, he's 35 years old. He'll be 36 at the end of next year. Um, he's probably just looking to get a couple rings. So he's made a lot of money. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be uh, it's it's. Uh, I hope apparently uh, the Heat have put himself put themselves into a really good spot as far as free agency goes, because we have a lot of money now. Like we have, we've created a little bit more cap with this with these trades. I kind of like, and it's also like a good test for Victor Oladipo because so far, I mean, he's only played in one game, and he has shown promise as to what this team can be with him on the floor because. If you add Victor Oladipo, you're adding. We're we're gonna take our defense to another level. We've added a, an elite scorer, a dynamic scorer who can get his own shot, create uh, plays for other players, get Duncan more open, get Tyler more open for threes. So it's uh, hopefully. I mean, if if it works out and Victor Oladipo is like great, I mean, not like um, takes us to the Eastern. Not he doesn't take us, but like helps gets us to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Then I wouldn't see why the Heat wouldn't resign him. Yeah, I think uh, I think Victor Oladipo will figure it out in Miami. He, he's been in some weird situations coming back in, from Indiana or from his injury in Indiana. It was tough for him to get back to full speed, and then like the the scoring hierarchy had kind of changed with Sabonis becoming an All Star and all that. It was just the pecking order in Indiana has been very confusing, even without Oladipo. Uh, and then he gets traded to Houston, which is a fucking disaster. And Oladipo is probably not a number one option anymore. So yeah. he. Sh- Shouldn't have been in that situation. Really fucking dumb trade from the Rockets. They should have just taken Karis LeVert, but we've already gone over that ad nauseum. Um, so I think him going to Miami where there's a clear hierarchy, um, team with a better culture, it it will probably go better for him than it has at his other two stops this year. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to see how – because his first game was pretty promising. Uh, he, uh, he did create a lot different – his defense, he – put Steph Curry on lockdown for like five minutes. 
Nice. Yeah, he uh, if he can be that kind of a uh, like the defender first, and then you know a guy that can get you a couple buckets if you're in a pinch, that'd be nice. But that's a good stat line though. In 23 minutes, six points, three rebounds, five assists, two steals. I mean, the field goal percentage wasn't great, but that's to be expected when you're getting acclimated to a new offense. Shooting numbers are always the ones that uh, end up coming a bit later. Um, which, speaking of which, of, of shooting numbers coming later, the uh, Celtics made a couple of deals at the deadline that I didn't hate. Yeah. Um, they got Evan Fournier for Jeff Teague, who got waived, and two future second round picks. I like that move. I do too. They they got him for dirt. They cheap. had I'm, they had to add a shooter. They had to add someone who could get a shot off. So is it is it not fucking ridiculous how the media treats the Celtics? Can we go over that? For just I, like I gotta I kind of gonna agree with you since I've known you. The media hates everybody, but the Ringer hates the Boston Celtics. <laughs> it is yeah. Like imagine if Danny Ainge didn't use a trade exception at all. You know he didn't use a trade exception at all. They'd be like. He needed to do something, you know, anything. He could have done anything, and it would have been good to mix that team up. You know, he's got to – he just – he can't make a trade. He can't make a trade. The guy makes a trade, all right? He gets – for fucking nothing, he gets Evan Fournier, just absorbs him into the trade exception. There's not going to be anyone better that he can fit into the trade exception. You're not going to fit a max player in that. He gets a guy that's scoring 19 points a game. So he gets a 19-point-per-game player that can come in off the bench to keep that unit rolling, which is a big thing that the Celtics needed. All the Celtics lost that trade deadline. You know, I don't know how much Evan Fournier really changed the fortune of this team. And they didn't get Aaron Gordon because they didn't want to give up Marcus Smart and three first-round picks and Danny Ainge's fucking son. So, you know, they lost the trade deadline. It's no. stupid. It's I, I, how stupid. Do you, what do you think about the Tice trade? I didn't like the Tice trade, uh, me, but me I get it. I don't know. Why would they why, what's the what was the motivation in that trade? So they needed to get out of the luxury tax, I guess. Um, they didn't want to pay that this year, which they shouldn't. You shouldn't pay the luxury tax for a fucking mediocre team. So I get that. And Daniel Tice is a free agent at the end of the year, so I believe the feeling was that he was going to walk. I think what they were trying to do was probably trade Tristan Thompson, but they couldn't get buyers for him. So they ended up moving on from Tice because Robert Williams um, is clearly the guy now. Robert Williams has been playing out of his mind lately. Um, last night, even, he had he almost had a triple-double. He had like 20 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, uh, 100% from the field. He's, he's earned the starting position at this point. He is the center of the future. Yeah. Tice was a free agent. Thompson's under contract for another year. So they move Tice and they move uh, Javante Green who was also a free agent at the end of the year. He's gone. Celtics get Luke Cornett and Mo Wagner, uh, two seven-foot white guys Ugh, Mo, that Mo, can kind of shoot. It's not Mo Wagner. It's Mo Wagner, dude. Mo, it's, he's it's, the it's Wagner. Va- it's Wagner. Wagner. He's, <laughs> I'm going to call him Wagner. He's a kraut. It's Mo Wagner. He's from Mich- he was from Michigan, right? Yeah, he went to Michigan. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, actually, what's interesting, like Mo, he has, Mo Wagner has been basically unimpactful other than like a third or fourth quarter three against the Milwaukee Bucks a couple weeks ago in his yeah, first game. He's not going to get a lot of minutes. Luke Cornett has been actually pretty solid for us, which was surprising. I thought that that was just like a throwaway uh, guy, but he's actually been okay. Um, Man, so they, they, the Celtics, they like got rid of Tice, but Tice was also getting phased out of the rotation too, basically. Brad was letting Tice know like before the trade deadline, like, hey, you may only be playing like spot minutes from now on because the center rotation is just like like Tyson Thompson and Tyson Robert Williams just don't fit together. Like Tyson kind of 
he can't play the four with those two guys, I guess. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, but he could play the four with Vooch. So I think it's a good move for the Bulls. I think they the Bulls had a great trade deadline. Uh, and I think the Celtics had a decent trade deadline. I don't think they had the best one, obviously. But all this overreaction that, you know, they fucked it up and everything, I think, like, wrong. I think they made good moves. I think they made good use of the trade-to-player exception, which they still have $11 million left of that they can use this offseason for a role player. They're going to be fine going into next year. This year's a wash. You're really just trying to get people on board that can kind of make your rotations make more sense so that people can get into more of a rhythm. And you want to get a guy like Evan Fournier that can actually score the ball so that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker don't have to fucking kill themselves every night to try to keep themselves in the game. But Evan Fournier did get off to a pretty unceremonious start with the Celtics. He got zero points going 0 for 10 from the field his first game against the Pelicans, lost by six points. Only scored like six points, didn't hit any threes. The next game against Dallas, where we lost by five points. But against Houston, he had only scored three points through the first three quarters, and then the fourth quarter he went off and like set his career high for threes, scored 20 points in the fourth quarter. So I think he finally is finding his rhythm. So that might help the Celtics climb up a bit because I, if I'm not mistaken, Wait, we only both have, our what, teams are in the play games left. Right we only now. have 23 games left. Yeah, it's getting to the end. It's yeah. running out of time. Yeah, if- I gotta say, I I am watching every Heat game now, and it's awesome. Like every Heat game is fucking great now. I, I just like just the fact that like each game is now like really important is awesome. I am the opposite. I have uh, checked out of the Celtics because <laughs> they're so frustrating to me. I, I I understand. I I totally understand. Yeah, we're a different point of views because my team is actually in a, we're on a three game winning streak, and uh, it's we're we're positioning ourselves to get at least the four or five seed but it's like every team right now is it's really close like a couple games ago three games ago we were eighth we're in the eighth seed now we're in the fifth seed yeah well here's how it's gonna go the celtics are gonna win three games in a row this week and you know it's gonna be a silvio dante just when i think i'm out they pull me back in and then they're gonna lose five games in a row you know two of i mean you guys are only one game behind uh we're we're all i mean this is right now we're in a there's a three tie there's a three-way race between charlotte uh charlotte atlanta and the heat right now we're all tied i mean i'm sorry charlotte has one less loss to us but we all have the same wins you are you and the knicks are tied four through eight is a log jam yeah it's okay. yeah it's it's awesome like this is going to be so interesting this next half of the these next games are going to be awesome. Yeah, the, the end of the week, the the Celtics could easily be the fourth seed, or they could, you know, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem realistic that the Celtics will drop into the lottery, um, which would, I would honestly prefer rather than being stuck in a play-in game. The yeah. Celtics need to at least get the sixth seed in my mind. I think the Heat need that too, because they're, they're going to need that week off for the play-in games. They If anyone yeah. needs practice out of all these teams, it is the Celtics and the Heat. Yeah. I would love. I think, it, and also like the t- there's a race for the top three. I mean, it's 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 still those game those guys are bunched up a bit up there too. Yeah, it it is interesting there, and the West is also very interesting. Um, at least between like the Jazz and the Suns, that's still you know within shouting distance. And then once you get from like three the to Lakers six, it slim. gets really interesting because the Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets, and Trailblazers are all within uh, three games of each other. 
Yeah. Um, and the Lakers are, I think they could definitely slide to six if, because LeBron isn't coming back for what, another week? Yeah. Like I think I said Drummond, it a couple weeks ago, he's Drummond not coming back until toe. they play the Celtics and then him and Andrew Andre Drummond, the buyout King hurt his toe. This first game with the Lakers missing again, I think two games. Also, um, I, I think the Andre Drummond signing for the Lakers is official, which is a good. Hey, no, 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 it's official. He played. Oh, he did play already. Okay. He played and he hurt his toe. Oh, that's what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's uh, I think that 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 was to me is a great signing if it works out. I would I can't wait to see LeBron and Andre Drummond play together. Oh, how about uh, Lamarcus Aldridge going to the the Nets? That was let me say let me say this. Fuck you, LMA. You fucking rat bitch. Yeah. You rat. You could have had it with the Heat. You could have been in Miami, but no, you a rat little bitch. Rats off a ship. Let's go. Let's go into this for like a a minute or two. Um, do you think something with the buyout market needs to be changed? Because it seems yes, like it's getting yes, kind it has of to change. insane. Yes, it has to change. They have to cap it at like, oh, you can only buy it. You can only sign two buyout players or something. Like they can't. This can't happen again. It's I think ridiculous. you should only be able to sign one. I think each team only gets one. Uh, I don't think I think the needs because I I don't I think it needs to be two be, just because with roster spots opening up at the trade deadline, I right, think it needs I think to, it should only be one buyout player. You know, if there's like a free agent there, you know, or a G League guy, you can pick yeah. them up to fill out your roster spots if that's what you yeah, want. Yeah, they do. need to limit it because this can't happen again next season with the Nets buying up Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge and who else? They bought like three players. Nicholas Batoon was a buyout player, right? Uh, no, no, yeah, he got bought out, but that was. I think in the off season it's different. I think it's mid season yeah. buyout buyout candidates. It's it's different. You know, like you should only be able after the trade deadline, you should only be able to pick up one buyout candidate. Um, but he got picked up by the Clippers, I think, uh, in the off season. Batum did. But uh, I can't. I can't with the Nets buying out all these players. I just can't. The Aldridge thing was a, a step too far to me. Yeah, that, that was yes. like because he was he's... on a playoff team. The Spurs are going to make the playoffs, I think. So, yeah, he get, he just gets bought out, and now and then he goes to the Nets, who already picked up Blake Griffin, and you know already have all these other guys. It just for Mark Saldridge would have because he's not going to get that many consistent minutes with the with the Nets when it comes to playoff time. There's just no way. Yeah, I, mean, I think it'd be heat, more effective. If he would have signed with the Heat, like as he was planning to on before I think Kyrie called him. Uh, he would have gotten. He would have been playing. He would have been playing significant minutes. Yeah, significant. Yeah, but the good thing is, you guys did get Bialitsa, which uh, I think is a really underrated move. So yeah, I think so. he he hasn't he uh hasn't he scored his first three uh last uh not last night two nights ago, and I and like once he starts figuring out and getting into the flow of the offense and like because he's open right now. I've seen him a lo- ton of times open when Jimmy drives or when uh. Tyler drives and they're just not passing him the ball yet. But when he has, when he starts draining those man those corner threes, watch out. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good move. I was hoping that the uh, Celtics would use the other part of their trade exception to get him, but um, I don't know. I don't know that that's the one thing that I'm a little upset with uh, Danny about is uh, not getting mm-hmm. Bialita because the price. I mean, we definitely could have matched that price. Yeah. No, no doubt. I, I under I don't really understand why the Kings did it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, because their their whole thing about not selling Harrison Barnes was they were trying to make a playoff run, and then they trade a, a pretty good rotation player for fucking yeah. Nothing. They trade a three point threat for nothing. Yeah, so I don't know what the fuck they're doing over there. I think he's a forty percent three point shooter. Like for yeah. no, you traded him for nothing, and he's a pretty decent passer, and he's not a bad defender. Yeah. Like he can hang. So yeah, he needs. A, he's gonna need like the Heat. I think 
with him on the floor with and also I got I got to tell you this but like Precious has been so bad since <laughs> the All-Star game. Unplayable. <laughs> it's the rookie wall. It's the rookie wall and it's it's hit him so hard that like Spo has didn't even play him last game. He didn't get any minutes. I think the rookie wall is especially bad this year cuz there is like no breaks, no practice time no, like cuz like and also the heat didn't uh they didn't do a G League team this year because yeah. of uh just because covid and stuff and for sure like heat writers and bloggers that I follow shout out to five reason sports uh like they were saying that if if they did have a team precious would have been on the Sioux Falls Skyforce like day one of the before after the after the all-star game <laughs> yeah yeah same with like uh celtics like aaron neesmith would have gotten a lot more playing time with the main red claws and you'd have uh guys like grant williams could go back there when they're you know not needed and peyton pritchard could get some although peyton pritchard is actually playing some pretty consistent minutes he's averaging on the season 19 and a half minutes um but he's definitely i mean he's he's fine he's averaging 7.1 points uh a game but his his role changes like each night which is kind of tough for him he can't really just play his game he's like asked to do different things it's it's a weird year it's kind of a write-off in terms of development it's good experience yeah. for these guys to kind of just get thrown into the fire but expectations need to be tempered for them no doubt it's and also like tyler would have been i think i think people who are going to be hard on tyler hero going forward because they are they just are you get like he didn't have like a an off season. I we said this before the season started. Like you can't expect Tyler Hero to grow as a player that much. Yeah, in this short a time span, like he only had a couple months off. So I think we, NBA media has to be more patient with rookies and second year guys. They do, but going that, forward, just that doesn't give the them season. ratings though. They have the sky has to be falling. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so. uh, I look at the last five games though from Tyler Hero, like pulling up the stats now, and he's seems like he's putting together a nice little stretch here yeah so. but look at duncan robinson's numbers if you look at his numbers i mean like oh man he is he's playing himself into a re- contract with the heat if he keeps playing like this yeah, or at least being a big trade piece you know yeah i mean he i think honestly if he continues and he is this duncan robinson going forward i would be shocked if the heat don't resign him yeah well i think you guys are good enough to to make a title run without adding all these other pieces i think the yeah. uh if you guys can get the chemistry down with the new pieces that you added. I think you guys have, you know, as good of a chance against the the Nets as anyone. Yeah, we match up pretty well with the Nets, I think, if as far as anybody can. I mean, really, we're so long and it's gonna it's it's gonna be uh I can't wait. I can't wait I can't wait for this team to come together. Yeah. I'll be this rooting for because I, I know my team is like, you know, a second round appearance where we don't get fucking embarrassed would be in a you know, a positive step for my mind based off how this year has gone. So I'll be pulling for you guys pretty heavily in the Appreciate playoffs and, unless we end up meeting again. But I don't think the seating's going to work out that way anyway. No. Right. And, like, yeah, I don't think so either. But I don't. I also, I don't like playing the Celtics at all just because I don't like the uh, the combativeness. Yeah, that that's, come, it's that a – I mean, well, here's the, the It's good so news. hard. It's like – Here's it's the hard. good news. Um, Bam Adebayo could literally take Jason Tatum and put him and perform a pile driver on him in center court. And Daniel Tice, who's in Chicago now, will get called for a flagrant foul, and you'll shoot two free throws and get possession of the ball. So I wouldn't worry too much about the chippiness. I think that affects us. You know, 
If you watched the Celtics play the Raptors last year and you watched Kemba Walker get fucking clotheslined every time he was going for a layup, um, you'll know that if you were playing the Celtics, you have nothing to worry about because the Celtics basically have to play at 200%. Yeah, I mean, like, three points. after hearing that Tice trade, I just, I was like, it's just, it's, if we ever, if you meet with the Heat or you meet with anybody who has a confident big, it's just going to be like, it's, I mean, you guys already had a rebounding problem. How how worse is it going to be now? I don't think it's because Tice wasn't an amazing rebounder. Um, Robert Williams and Tristan Thompson are much better rebounders. So I'll say that much. Um, yeah. Mo Mo Wagner, his whole thing, I guess, is like he in, in his per thirty six stats, he's really good at drawing charges and everything. So it looks like um, Danny Ainge also put a uh, a premium on, I guess, just spacing and then also uh, defensive positioning. Because, like, yeah. Evan Fournier isn't a great defender, but he's good with his defensive positioning and all that. So, And mm-hmm. Daniel Tice was good with his defensive positioning, too. But you're basically, like, you're getting out of the luxury tax, and then you're bringing in, like, three guys that at least know where to be on defense. Um, and I think that's he's hoping that that ends up paying off. Yeah. But if you've uh, watched some of the Daniel Tice highlights from uh, Chicago, which I don't know why you would have unless you have uh, you know any kind of attachment to him, I saw he's he starting to nice get foul block. calls now. Isn't isn't that interesting? Yeah. Also, I he had one nice block on um, God, on uh, Rudy Gobert. Game. Yeah, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, it was nice. He got a nice block, which he would have been called on a foul for if he was wearing a Celtics <laughs> jersey. And uh, he put uh, James Wiseman on a poster, which he would have been called for a forearm to the throat that didn't exist uh, if he were wearing Celtics jersey. So really happy for Tice that now that he's out of Boston, um, he can finally start being allowed to play basketball. Um, There's a couple other trades that don't involve our teams that I want to go through and get your opinions on. I'm just going to kind of rapid fire go through this and you give me your, uh, your, your quick reaction. Okay. Okay. The Orlando Magic trade Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark to the Denver Nuggets for Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and future first-round picks. I like this trade for both teams. I mean, the Magic had to make the trade. I think the Nuggets, they add an explosive power forward who can take those old Millsap minutes. Yeah. And transfer and uh, make and you know bring that you know because he kind of does have a prototypical prototypical like when Millsap was in Atlanta, kind of the similar thing can shoot the the baseline three, athletic enough to get rebounds, putbacks and stuff. So he's I think he's in good. I think that was a good trade, and I like the trade for the Magic too because I think R J Hampton's pretty underrated. Yeah, I think they got a good haul. You know, they get future picks, they get R J Hampton, they get a good defender in Gary Harris. I mean, you can't say no to that offer. I get why the Celtics and the Trailblazers didn't feel like they could offer more, uh, but I think it makes sense for Denver too. I think that they're just at a, a different timeline with their team. You know, they didn't really have the the need for Gary Harris anymore. Yeah. You got you to gotta maximize every minute you have with uh, Joker. So Yeah, with him basically playing himself. Like now he is the, the odds-on favorite for the MVP with uh, all the injuries that have occurred this year to like LeBron and Embiid. It yeah. seems like it's Joker's uh, MVP to lose at this point. So yeah, you got to appease him, make him happy. I think him and Aaron Gordon is a good front-court pairing. All right, other trade that happened. This, was, this one surprised me. So the Dallas Mavericks get J.J. Redick and Nicola Melli, and the Pelicans get James Johnson, Wes Owundu, a 2021 second-round pick, and cash considerations. Yeah, it's... I mean, I don't think J.J. was working in New Orleans, sadly. And I did they... And has he played a game yet for the Mavericks? Has he played? 
Um, I think he has. Let me double check it. I haven't really followed it too much though. Um, uh, nope, he has not. He has not played. Yeah, yet. and apparently I thought that they were gonna buy him out. Oh, so maybe their whole thing was just getting Nicolo Melli. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nicolo Melli has he? Play- he has played. He hasn't done much, but he's. He's he played. Wants to go to Brooklyn, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fucking, why not? Everyone else is. Um. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with it. JJ might. It seems like he'd be a good fit for the Mavs, but I don't know. He's like another one of those guys too that I guess has just been around long enough to where he can kind of just decide where he wants to go. So if he doesn't yeah. want to play for Dallas, he doesn't have to. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, other deal: Clippers get Rajon Rondo uh, and send to the Atlanta Hawks Lou Williams, a uh, twenty twenty three and twenty twenty seven second round draft picks and cash considerations. Isn't Lou Will retiring at the end of the season? Um, is he? He probably he should. That. Um, I, I, it's a strange trade. Like Rondo, uh, whoever his agent is or whoever's talking to him behind the scenes has to get their shit together because it's ridiculous. He shouldn't have left the Lakers in the, to begin with. He shouldn't have signed with Atlanta to begin with. Well, it's it's good money. It's better money than the Lakers were going to give him. I, even then, like. What's the money if you're just going to be on a shit team for like well <laughs> for half the season and trade back to that the Clippers? I yeah, mean. that kind of worked out. You got you got the money that you wanted that they wouldn't have given you in the off season. You just had to you know suck a dick in Atlanta for a few months and then you come back to L.A. You play for another contender. You're fine. Uh, I don't know. Worked out well for him. Uh, it's more about Atlanta getting their shit together because they shouldn't have paid Rondo that much money. They yeah. shouldn't have paid Bogdanovich that much money. Uh, they probably shouldn't have paid Danilo Gallinari that much money, but they did. So that's a it's a desperate franchise over there, and I think them getting Lou Williams, I don't think that's going to move the needle too much for them. Yeah. Uh, and Lou Williams, I don't know if he's going to retire at the end of the season, but he considered retirement after being traded to the Atlanta Hawks, which is the sure sign that uh, your organization is a well-respected organization. Where the moment a player gets traded there, they contemplate retirement. Now, this was a sneaky move. The Nuggets get uh, JaVale McGee, and the Cavaliers get Isaiah Hartenstein and two future second-round picks. I like this move for the Nuggets. I like this trade, too, for the Nuggets. I mean, they needed to add another big, and they needed, and I think JaVale McGee is somebody who can uh, offer those backup minutes so and at a high level, so I, thought, I think I like that trade, too. Yeah. Um, what else we got? What's a good one? I'm going through a couple of bullshit ones that don't matter right now. Oh, here's a big one. The 76ers get George Hill and Ignas Brasdikis. The Knicks get Terrence Ferguson, Vincent Poirier, the rights to Emir Perzik, and two second-round picks in the future. The Thunder get Austin Rivers, Tony Bradley, and two second-round picks in the future. And uh, the Thunder waived Austin Rivers, right? I think they did, yeah. Uh, I like George Hill on the Sixers. What do you think? I like it too, just because it's not Kyle Lowry. Yeah, um, that seemed like a, well. The thing about George Hill's contract though is that he can be waived with like limited guaranteed money next year. But it might not be worth, you know, giving up the price that it will require for Philly to get Kyle Lowry unless he just signs into an exception, which he may. 
But I think that's a good move for the Sixers for this year. I think it helps them, you know, it gives them another defender, like 3 and D kind of perimeter defender to uh, help them for their playoff push. So, uh, let's see, the last... So we'll do these last two. Um, these are big, pretty big ones. The Blazers get Norman Powell, and the Raptors get Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. I... I like Gary Trent Jr. I like his potential. And I also like Norman Powell. And I think it's a good get for the Blazers. I do too. I kind of like it for both teams. Yeah, because I think the with the, what the Raptors are looking like they're trying to do, get younger. They're gonna. It looks like they're going to shed a lot of the old players at this offseason. Mm-hmm. Getting a guy like Gary Trent Jr. could be a nice little piece to have when you're trying to rebuild. So Yeah. Yeah, because apparently they're going to have to pay Norman Powell uh, an amount of money that they probably wouldn't want to pay him, so they can just uh, get Gary Trent Jr. At a more, as a more affordable option. Whereas Norman Powell is a, a little bit better of a scorer than Gary Trent Jr., a little bit more diverse offensive game uh, to help take some of the load off of Dame and CJ. So I like it. Um, and then the the big one that surprised everyone was the Bulls get Nikola Vucevic and Al Farouk Aminu. The Magic get Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter Jr., and two future first-round picks. Oh, man, that Otto Porter Jr. Which man. apparently he's not going to get bought out, which I thought for sure would happen. Me too. I was hoping that would happen because I would love to see him in the heat just because I would love to add another big wing defender. Yeah. That could have been the the option for the Celtics to get their their six eight guy that can shoot threes. Because with Olin, with Otto Porter's size, he could be like a one of the most elite defenders in the NBA. Just his size alone, he is so long, and his height is pretty good too for his size. Yeah, I mean he would he could if he wanted to he he could put the locks on anybody in the league just with his size. So yeah. He was a good 3 and D player for the Wizards. I mean, that's how yeah. he got that huge contract from them. So, hopefully he can he, catch that. I, I would love to see him on the Heat, but sadly it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, he is a free agent this offseason, though. So, yeah. I believe he is. I wouldn't, resign to, I wouldn't sign him to anything crazy or nothing. I just no. would like to see him on the team. If he can fit into an exception, then that'd be good. I think that's part of the reason he's not taking a buyout is because he knows that this is kind of like, you know, like why take less money now, you know, when he can just cash out. This is probably going to be his last big contract because he's going to be – he got paid, you know, star money. He only ended up being really, he was injured a lot and ended up being a role player. That's probably all he's going to be for the remainder of his NBA career. It's just a really solid role player. So yeah. I don't blame him for, you know, sticking through this contract, milking it for every cent it's worth, and then, you know, resetting once he hits the market this summer. Um, one thing that I'm hoping that the Celtics do with the Raptors fire sale going on is I'm hoping this offseason they work out a trade for Pascal Siakam. Yeah, I would. That would. That would be. A, that would be definitely the get. Yeah, I'd overpay for it. Do it. Blow your load on that. Uh, I love spicy peas. Real quick, did you watch the Space Jam two trailer? I did watch the Space Jam two trailer. What'd you think? Uh, looks. It looks. Uh, looks like a movie. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Did, did I mean, you laugh I uh, when it you saw fun. that there's like a decent okay. portion where LeBron James plays an animated character? I loved, I love that. Yeah, someone didn't want to go to set that many days. <laughs> <laughs> someone was playing in the NBA Finals. Yeah, someone, yeah, someone was a little busy. Someone was in the um, NBA bubble. Uh, all right. 
get into some some pretty uh doing our political section of the the sports show where uh oh sports and politics are becoming intertwined to where they're inseparable we got some big hot button issues first one i'm going to bring up is the mlb announced last night that they're moving the all-star game out of atlanta due to the new voting laws that have been passed that are uh, believed to further suppress voters in disadvantaged communities um do you what do you think about things like this where uh well i because the nba did it a few years back with um charlotte yeah charlotte they had the all-star game set for then uh for there but uh a bill had passed regarding like you know transgenders use of bathrooms that was you know pretty discriminatory uh nba chose to move it do you think these things are more of just a gesture rather than making a, a serious impact I don't know. I think they like with the NBA with I don't know with the MLB, but I know like a lot of these they they put a lot of money into I don't know. I, I feel like this is the only way the MLB could put the screws to this. It's strange mm-hmm. that it's the MLB doing this. I would have never thought they would do it. Yeah. I don't I don't dislike it. I I think it's fine. I mean, it just it's I think it it is like it's a sign of like that they're not cool with what the georgia's what georgia state senate did or whatever so it's fine i think it's like if there's a way to do it i think this is fine i know that there's probably going to be some criticism but oh they could do more because i mean everyone that's what they always say you could do more you know without really specifying what more you could do you know i mean would you want them to play there (laughs) yeah like that it's something where it's kind of good just to like it's a it's i think a admirable kind of thing to be like hey we know that this is last minute but like to kind of make it clear where we don't agree with this. We're going to work something else out just to show where we stand on it in the way that we can right now. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate it. Also, you don't know how it's going to be, you know, what the local reaction is going to be in Georgia too. You know, this, this might open up, a you know, a lot of protests and things like that too, to make it kind of tough to hold events in, in that area. So, um, I don't know. I think it's a good move by the MLB, but, uh, yeah, it's a it's a bummer that you know that city that you know I guarantee that that city itself didn't vote to uh, to pass those laws, um, but that city is going to be the one that kind of hurts the most from it. Uh, other thing that's been hitting the news cycle the past couple weeks is the South is getting in on banning transgender from uh, after school sports activities and, and things of that nature. Yeah, um, think arkansas tennessee alabama all mississippi all have gotten in on basically banning uh, the usual suspects as we call them what what's that the usual suspects as we call yeah the usual suspects as we call them down here in the south uh uh, yeah if you were betting in uh vegas as to who was going to uh, do some pretty fucked up shit you'd usually put some money on those states i i mean to me i i can I don't completely dismiss arguments about, you know, people that are just concerned about, like, how, you know, you integrate transgender people into sports, especially when it comes to, like, fighting and things of, like, you know, great physical strength. If someone has gone through puberty, like, basically the male version of puberty, uh, and they, you know, they go through their transition and they're competing in sports, it's definitely different. It's a little bit of an advantage. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I think I mean, a not, lot of it is so much more too. an advantage of when it's kids, though. 
Yeah, when it's yeah, especially when it comes to kids, like that's. I don't think there's that. That it, there's plenty of girls who beat me up when I was playing basketball or football. So yeah, I would say probably about eighty percent of girls could beat me in basketball. So yeah, I I think what well first off, I think for one, when it comes to testosterone, that you know we should have as many people doing steroids as possible in sports, especially baseball, to keep things interesting. Mm. I think that really probably the solution, and the South is not going to want to hear this, but what I would say is kind of just have it based off of testosterone levels. So that way, like, instead of it being like a man, woman, gender kind of thing, you're really just going off of, like, you know, physicality. So that way, like, I think that could even help benefit, you know, men's sports and things like that, too, to where, for one, you could have a steroid league for things, which would be awesome. And then mm-hmm. you could also have it to where like shit like football and, you know, fighting isn't as dangerous for, for people because, you know, they are, you know, scientifically like you don't have to worry about that 5'10", 180 pound receiver going over the middle and getting fucking just their head taken off by a 6'6", 260 pound linebacker. So mm-hmm. I think that that's eventually where it'll need to go to kind of appease both sides. And I think it'll make things safer for everyone anyway. I don't see why that'd be a big complaint. The only... The only thing about it is, like, these laws, it's clear it's not about, like, you know, making shit safer and everything like that. That's what they say. But it's fucking, it's just meant to be a jab at that community. It's meant to, another way just to fucking drop another elbow on them. So. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, I don't know, it just doesn't... I don't know with with the way kids sports have been trending. Like, there's a lot of co-ed stuff. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, telling me that Brittany Griner couldn't. You know, she's not deserving of more minutes than Mo Wagner. Wagner. I mean, uh, would you rather have her than Mo Wagner? Some nights, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there's I think like you know at least three players in the WNBA that deserve minutes over Carson Edwards. So yeah. I think uh, I think eventually I think the NBA will probably be the first sport to actually like really kind of break down the gender barrier. Um, and some Man, wouldn't it be crazy if there was no gender barrier in the NBA. It would be crazy, but that would be nice. I think we'll see it in our lifetime. Really? Wow. I think there'll still be a WNBA and things like that. But I think there's I don't think the NBA like the is going to have really the, any restrictions in terms of like if a, if a woman's really good and can yeah. get minutes in the NBA, I don't see why they would hold her out. Like a Sue Bird. If Sue Bird was like, yeah, I want to play on the L.A. Lakers with LeBron. Yeah. And LeBron's like, well, we it would be nice to have someone that knows how to shoot a basketball. And she joins. Um, that would be awesome. It would be awesome. I think I have Shane Battier, um, former Heat and Rockets player. I know he was pushing pretty heavily for a. Uh, for women to be in the NBA like 10 years ago. So it's something that's, you know, it's not the first time it's been brought up. I think it's going to happen um, sometime in the next 10 years. We just need LeBron years. to be all behind it. All right. So with uh, with that out of the way, we will move on to the mock draft that we've been promising for like two months. Yes. All right. We are using the Draft Network's mock draft machine. Not that you guys need to know that, but that's just how we're keeping track of what we're doing. Um we're going to do the first round today, and then I guess next week or a couple weeks, whenever we feel like it, so we'll do the second Nick round. So Nick is picking for AFC teams. I'm picking for NFC teams, except the exception is that I will be picking for the Dolphins, and Nick will be picking for the Bucks. Yep. That is how we're doing it. So, so Nick, you have the first two picks in this draft. Lucky you. 
Yeah, I, I'm on the I'm on the clock right now. I have started the draft, so I am the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, this is the no-brainer. They're not even pretending to disguise where they're going to go. Now, did you? I'm sorry. This is a, a totally off subject, but did you hear what Trevor Lawrence had to say in response to Little Nas X's video? No, I didn't. <laughs> He said, this has gone too far. The line must be drawn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that shit was pretty funny with Little Nas X. Um, let me see. Uh, let me see if I could find the tweet. Oh, line has to be drawn somewhere, SMH. And it was a response to Little Nas X showing off the uh, 666 same <laughs> shoes. I mean, I hey, I get it. If you're very religious, I get that that is a bit I mean, he went to Clemson, you. which is a Christian university. Is Clemson a Christian university? Yes. It's uh, like really Christian. I didn't know that. It makes Super sense. Super Christian. Private Christian university. Wow. Okay. I had no idea. Um, yeah. I it's mean. In South Carolina. Yeah. South Carolina. I just thought it was like a regular public school in South Carolina. That makes that makes more sense now. If it doesn't have the state's name in it or a, a state uh, next to it, it's a private college. No shit. Okay. All right. Good to know. So. Yeah, Clemson, um, quarterback Trevor Lawrence, still going to Jacksonville. No Again, it's going to fit right in. Going to fit right yeah. into that garbage no city. Brainer. So. No brainer. Draft Trevor Lawrence. There. Now I'm back on the clock again. I got New York Jets. They need a quarterback. We don't know what's what's going to happen with Sam Darnold, but we assume he gets traded somewhere for fucking Snickle Fritz. Um, mm-hmm. I think, again, another no-brainer. You go with Zach Wilson. That seems to be the consensus. Like, if I'm being realistic, they're going to go Zach Wilson. I don't think they're Yeah, a lot of – I, I saw Zach Wilson's pro day, and it was uh, very impressive. So Yeah. Yeah, he, he checks a lot of boxes. So we're going Zach Wilson with the second pick. All right, now you're on the board. This would have been now the This is where the draft starts. Uh what is Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch going to do? They're going to draft their quarterback of the future. They still have Jimmy Garoppolo locked in, contracted. It doesn't look like they're going to trade him. So I think they're going to go with the more developmental side of this. And I think the person, to me, who has some of the biggest upside next to Trevor Lawrence is Trey Lance from North Dakota Ooh. State. So you, you're not buying all these Mac Jones rumors? No, I think this is all that's all smokescreen. For the, for teams, teams are trying to get the Patriots to trade up to get Mac Jones, so... All right, it's Trey Lance. Yeah. Um, also, side note, Trey Lance. Do you know who he's dating? No, who? Colin Cowherd's daughter. Really? Yeah. And Colin Cowherd's daughter, famously very attractive woman who went to Arizona University, Arizona State, Arizona State uh, University, ended up on like on a hottest girls at this college's list or something. What? What's her name? I. She is like she. She has a big Twitter following. It, let me see if I can find it. Colin Cowherd, daughter, Liv Cowherd. Is that her? Liv Cowherd. Oh, she yeah, is really pretty. She has a uh, quite the following. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah, I can see why. Good for Trey. Good for Trey. All right, you're on the clock again. Atlanta Falcons. Now, what do they do? This the is Atlanta interesting. Falcons. I am the Atlanta Falcons. We have Matt Ryan. 
we're comfortable with Matt Ryan. We like Matt Ryan. I think, man, it, this is a tough pick because I'm not sure if they go quarterback here. I'm not sure. I think they're going to go Micah Parsons, Penn State. Ooh. Okay. That is surprising. I think they have a decent enough offense. I think Micah Par- I think they need to they need to help on defense badly. Micah Parsons is easily the best draft uh defensive prospect there is in the draft. Blue chip even. And I just think it the fit it fits. So now I'm gonna so I'm picking up the phone. I don't know if I'm going to make a train as the, a trade as the Bengals, but I, I am willing to listen to uh any offers. That you may have. Do, you, do any of your NFC teams have offers? Oh, that they I got Matt Rule coming in. Okay. Matt Rule, I'm calling in. Ring, 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 ring. Hello. Ring, 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 Hello, ring. this is, Hello. Hey, this buddy. is the Cincinnati Bengals. Hey, buddy. How, how would you like an extra first-round draft pick next year, this year's draft pick, and a, a third-round pick? Uh, so, so swap pick five and pick eight, and then get a third-round pick, and then get a first-round pick next year? Yeah. Deal. Deal. Let's do it. All right. And okay, then with so that I'm pick, click the trade button. The care. Oh, that's exclusive for premium. All right. So we'll just have to keep track. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. We'll keep track. Don't worry. Okay. So, uh, draft. and with that trade, the Carolina Panthers are drafting Justin Fields of Ohio State with the fifth pick. Okay. So I'm going to draft Justin Fields to the Bengals, but it's, it's going to be NBA style where yep. the Bengals draft him, but then trade him after. So, so Justin uh, Fields. Unless, unless we want to, before making the selections, unless we want to, like, just wait until we get to pick eight. Nah, let's just do it. I'll, I'll uh, take, I'll screenshot it, and then I'll just edit it over. I'll just put the uh, trade thing next to it. Okay. Okay. So, Carolina gets Justin Fields. Now, you're on the clock. With the Miami Dolphins, and this pick, uh, Nick, you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a tough pick for Eric. You know, he doesn't know what he's going to get. I know exactly what I want. What I want is the freak from Florida, Kyle Pitts, the Mackey Award winner, going six to the Dolphins. Done. Easy. Lock it in. Lock it in. I love that pick. Oh, I'm on the uh, no. I'm on the draft. I'm on the board again with the Detroit Lions. Now, this is an interesting pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the phones open to see if any AFC teams want to make a pick because these quarterbacks are going hot and fast. Okay. Any team want to call in? The New England Patriots would like to call in. Ring, ring, ring. Okay. Hey. And What's up, Bill? <laughs> hey, Bill. It's me, Dan Quinn. <laughs> You're Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Uh, Dan Campbell. Motor City Dan. Motor City Dan. What's up, Bill? I'm Dan Campbell. Uh, I trade uh my first round pick this year, second round pick, fourth round pick, and next year's first round pick. Done. Done. Okay. All right, New England's up to pick number seven. So with that, they get their white knight. They get <laughs> <laughs> they get Mac Jones. <laughs> they get the white knight, Mac Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and Boston rejoices. <laughs> Fuck yeah.
fuck yeah, Mac Jones. So Mac Jones at number seven to the New England Patriots. All right, Bengals are back on the clock. They appease their boy as an apology for uh, putting him in the worst possible situation for a number one pick last year. They grab his buddy, Jamar Chase. Mm. Give him another weapon. All right. They'll address the offensive line later, but they get Jamar for now. Okay. And I'm back on the board again with the with the Broncos. The Broncos. Let's see. Now let's take stock of who's still in here. We got... We're at pick nine. You still got Penny Sewell, Jalen Waddle, Rashawn Slater, Devontae Smith, Packer Shirtain, J.C. Horn, all in play. Just to just to keep the people at home yes. in the loop. So I think the Broncos are gonna go with Rashawn Slater. Wow, Northwestern. Yep. Getting Rashawn Slater. They like his uh, versatility among along the offensive line. They're gonna keep building that up. Was thinking was thinking about Patrick Sertain for them, but decided to go with Rashawn Slater. That was the toughest pick yet. Now the the America's football team is on the clock. The Cowboys. Hmm. A lot of interesting places they can go here. Um kind of out of they're in a strange spot cuz who's going to trade up right now any teams who need a a penny soul are there any teams out there af and afc teams willing to trade up for penny soul hmm. lines are dead uh well, let teams. me let me check something real quick let me check something real quick one second the los angeles chargers are are thinking about it okay okay um, I I honestly I've I've forgotten what they've uh what they've done this off season. I I know that they signed Corey Lindsley. They signed Jared they Cook. signed an offense. They, they signed they did sign Corey Lindsley. They did do that. I think, and that, that's about it. I think they do need some. Okay, what about a how do you, how does the Cowboys feel about a first uh, pick number thirteen and a fourth round pick for pick number ten? Say that again. Uh, pick uh, pick number 13, pick swap, mm-hmm. and a fourth round pick. Can you make it a third round pick? Can you suck my balls? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, what about... Okay, what about... How about a third rounder? How about a second round pick next year? Okay, we're, we're getting crazy right now. All right, how about this? How about I give you a, a pick swap... Six round pick this year and a conditional uh second to third round pick next year. I'll take it. Where if uh if Penne Sewell the, the condition will be if Penne Sewell makes either first or second team all rookie, you get a second round pick. Okay. Okay. Alright. The trade's locked in. So you got that down? The mm-hmm. Woody team gets alright conditional second round pick and then what was a third round pick this year uh and then it'd be it'd be a six round pick this year okay six round pick this year 
All right, so Penne, Sewell, going to the Chargers at number 10. Okay. So who you drafting? Oh, you drafting Penny Sewell? Yep. All right. So Johnny he's his, uh, Justin Herbert's old left tackle realigned with him. Yeah. Uh, I'm the New York Giants. We have so many things we could do here. We could really screw over. Actually, I think, I don't know. We can't really screw over the Eagles here. Hmm. You signed Kenny Galladay this offseason. Let me see who's in edge. Jalen Phillips. Are you high on any of Jalen Phillips? Hmm. Can't say that I am. Hmm. I'm going to say the New York Giants are drafting Jalen Waddle. Alabama. All right. Some more receiver help. And the Philadelphia Eagles will follow them, and they will draft Devontae Smith out of Alabama. All right. And then, again, I'm the Cowboys. Cowboys. I'm getting the guy I've always wanted for for a great value, Patrick Sertain, Alabama. Great. Great maneuvering by the Cowboys. I mean, if Jerry Jones does this, I mean, you're a genius. Yeah, he wouldn't. He would definitely pick Patrick Sertain at number ten. But yeah, it would it would be a good move if he got some extra picks because he could definitely get Patrick Sertain at thirteen. I think. All right, you're on the now, clock again with the Vikings. Again, Minnesota Vikings. Let me see here. Who's still here? I think this is a great place for them to go get the edge guy of their dreams. I think I'm going to go Quitty Pay. Ooh, okay. Michigan. Quitty Pay. And You're on the board again, again with the Lions. Lions. Hmm. 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 This is a tough spot. I mean, you can really go anywhere. Anywhere, really. I'm going to go Rashad Bateman, Minnesota, 15. Ooh. Lost Kenny Galladay. Need a re- you need to revitalize that wide receiver position. You get Rashad Bateman, who to me is a kind of underrated uh, wide receiver in this draft. Kind of has the same build as Kenny Galladay. Good uh, catch point receiver. I like Good it. get for the, for the Lions. And here. you picked up some extra picks along the way. Yeah. All right. Get, Arizona, you're this on the top again. With the Arizona Cardinals. Hmm. Hmm. This is a tough pick right here. Go so many places. I think I'm going to go. Who fits this scheme the best? I'm going Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech, right here. Caleb Farley? Ooh, good pick. Where are they? Oh, they have him pretty, ranked pretty low on draft networks board. Caleb I just Farley. think his size, I think they need the losing Patrick Peterson. They need somebody who's kind of intimidating on the outside. Yeah. Caleb Farley's definitely the best intimidating cornerback prospect. Okay. So I'm on the board again with the Raiders. I think with the Raiders gutting their offensive line, I think they're going to go with Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. Because here's how the Raiders operate, all right? They always get the guy that's, like, ranked a little bit further down other people's draft boards. So, they, they, you know, Logic would say, oh, get Christian Derrishaw, get Elijah Vera Tucker. And they say, no, 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 we're going to go with Tevin Jane. We're going with the sleeper. All right, I'm on the clock again with the Dolphins here. Hmm. Any teams want to call? (laughs) Any teams? Um... Who's around? I don't think. I think the trades are going to get far. I don't think there's going to be that many. That much. They might be. I don't know. Pick eighteen. Teams might want to move up here. Mm, uh, Tennessee's calling. Picking up the phone. What's up, Mike? All right. How about a how about a pick swap and a fourth round pick for number eighteen. A pick swap? Yeah. So you so you move back to twenty two, I move up to eighteen, and I give you a fourth round pick for your trouble. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Nice doing business with you. So Alright, so Dolphins are sending Dolphins are sending eighteen to Titans for a for twenty two and a sixth-round pick. Uh, Fourth-round pick. Fourth-round pick. Pick. The Titans are going to draft J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. That's who I thought they were going to get. Yeah, wanted to to leapfrog Chicago. All right. I'm on the clock again with the Washington football team. This team is in an interesting space right now. I think if you, I think they're going to want to they need to find the quarterback of the future and to be able to do that you need to start building an offensive line that can help support that and they're going to go Christian Derisaw. I like that pick. Tech. Again, I'm on the clock with the Chicago Bears. Again, this team it needs help all over, but I think they're going to bolster that defense. Are they? Might as well. I mean, if you look at the best prospects available, they're all going to be defensive guys. I'm going to go... Actually, you know what? I'm going to go Elijah Vera Tucker, USC. Oh, okay. Best interior offensive lineman outside of Rashawn Slater. Little line help. I like Little that line thing. and again building for the quarterback of the future to come home. So, all right. So the Colts are on the clock now. Does anyone want to trade with the Colts? Let me see. Saints are calling in. Saints, call- all right. What's what's up, Sean? What's up? Hey, you know we kind of fucked ourselves in this cap situation here. Sure did. Uh, I'll trade you. Oh, we'll do a swap. I'll give you the 28th pick. A second round pick next year. And a third round pick this year. Yes. All right. Let me write this up. Uh, so...
Colts sending we're sending 22 21 21 to the Saints for a third round pick this year and a second round pick next year let's do it all right and with that the New Orleans Saints they jumped up here they're getting an edge guy Actually, you know what? I'm not going to go edge. I'm going to go linebacker. They're going Jeremiah Usuakora, Notre Dame, 20. Okay. 21, sorry. You're just leaving Aziz Ojolari for the Dolphins. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know they'd move up for Aziz Ojolari after they got rid of Trey Hendrickson. <laughs> hey, hey, this is my, this is our mock draft. This, uh, this isn't real. This isn't real. <laughs> This isn't real. And with that, so the with the twenty second pick, the <laughs> Dolphins select is usual. Larry, wow. Georgia, what a steal! <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Nick, you're on the clock again with the New York Jets. New York Jets on the clock. They decide they got their quarterback of the future. Now, what are they going to do? I think the answer, I. I I'm not sure. I know what I would do if I was a Jets here, but what were you? What are you gonna do, Nick? Hmm. Does anyone want to trade? Let me see. Mm. Buffalo Bills are calling in. I'm the Buffalo. I'm sorry, Bills. not the. Bu- I can't do Buffalo. Damn it! I would do Buffalo. If I could, I would do Buffalo because I have well, a crazy. Well, let me, let me pick get your insight. Why? What? What would Buffalo give up? Buffalo would give up the thirtieth pick, a second round pick this year, a second round pick next year, and a third round pick next year. I don't think they do that. Damn it! Okay, really trying to fucking right. just make the cupboards bare for your division rivals. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, you want to know who I would draft if I was the Buffalo Bills? Who? Najee Harris. No. no. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, Eric. Try to have some fucking objective <laughs> reality here. Okay. I I think the Jets are going to go Greg Newsom the second out of Northwestern. They get some defensive help. I I think they were, they were sniffing around Najee Harris, but they decided not to do it. All right. So now I'm back on the clock again with the Steelers. Um, I have them going for Samuel Cosme out of Texas. And then I have the Jaguars. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Trying to find him. Oh, there he is. Okay. And then who do you have the Jaguars taken? Now now the Jaguars. I have... Quarterback of the future? The Jaguars reaching... And they're going to take Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama. What? Wow. This is the surprise early pick. Wow. Crazy. I have the the Cleveland Browns now. They're going to draft. They're going to draft Jalen Phillips. They have to. The temptation is too big. 
Yeah, dude. I mean, you're getting a guy who's a top 20 pick at 26. Yeah. They got to. To fucking put on the other side of Miles Garrett. Yeah. And again, I think the next pick for the for – the, it has to be Jason Owe, right? You're going to go Jason Owe here? You have to. Nick, you can't. Who are you going to get? There's some other edge guys I'm looking at too. It's another Nick, surprising one. Oh, God. Greg Rousseau from Miami. Wow. Wow. All right. Okay. Popped. Don't hate it. Um, and then the Colts. The Colts have... Oof, do they? What the Colts oh, you know what the Colts do? What do they do? Let me let me let me just double check and make sure I didn't miss something in free agency. They re-signed uh, T.Y. Hilton. Um, they re-signed T.Y. Hilton. They, let's see. I'm looking at the free agent tracker right now. Okay, all right. All right, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. They call up the Ravens. All right. They offer the Ravens. Pick number 28. Straight up for Orlando Brown Jr. Whoa. The Ravens accept. And with that pick, the Ravens, who are now picking back-to-back... They grab Dylan Radunes from North Dakota State. Who? Dylan Radunes. R-A-D-U-N-Z. Yeah. Offensive tackle from North Dakota State. How do you spell his name? Uh, D-I-L-L-O-N. Last name R-A-D-U-N-Z. Oh, I was trying to find a hat. I was stuck on a uh, receivers. Okay. All right. All right. And the fudge Packers are on the clock. The fudge, the big fudge, as we like to call them. They're getting their guy that they've wanted since the beginning of the draft. They didn't want to let anybody know. And they're going Kadarius Tony from Florida. Ooh. I like this pick too. Okay, so now the All Bills. Right. The Bills. The bills are up. Bills are on the clock. The Bills. They need defensive help. What's that? They need help on defense. They need help. They, they that's what they that's what they need, right? Yeah, I think. I think the Bills end up. Hmm. What do they do? I think the Bills go with Eric Stokes, the cornerback out of Georgia. All right. And now okay. I'm going to uh, the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs. Let's see. 
have Oof. struck out. They did not get Orlando Brown Jr. They do not have a, a, a proper left tackle right now. Um, they do not. Should have traded up. They uh, yeah, they fucked up. They fucked up. They were too stingy. But I think they try to make it up to Pat Mahomes by drafting Terrace Marshall Jr. at LSU. I like this trade. I like this pick a lot, actually. I think he'd be a good fit. Terrace Marshall Jr. is definitely underrated. I like that pick. And now the Bucks, my team. Your team. I know your guy's still on the board. You know my guy's still on the board. And I think oh I think they go for it. Um they're gonna go with Joe Tryon. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> Why not Christian Barrymore? What's the thing there? I think we can get a good uh interior defensive lineman uh in the second round still. I think with the way the draft panned out. Um, I'm not against getting someone at the end of the second round. I was thinking about Christian Barmore, but wow, this is the this has to be. And also, Jason Oway falling out of the top the first round, big. It's gonna be big news in the yeah day two. Yeah, I don't know. God, fuck. Maybe I should have gone Christian Barmore. But the pick Still is in. in. Can, the pick is in. It's gonna be Jason Joe Tryon. Joe Tryon. Wow. We got Sue back, wow. so you know, wow. we're we're okay, I guess, for now on that side of it. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta like, I gotta save this draft. All right. Well, while you're saving that draft, I'm gonna wrap it up. We are running pretty long, and I do need to get out of here. Um, thanks for sticking through. Sorry about last week. Uh, hope we made it up with a incredibly long podcast this week. We'll probably do second round of the mock draft next week, and then that'll be it. Mock dr- the actual draft actually happens. Uh, when April does that 29th. happen? That happens uh, end of this month, April 29th, Thursday. Mm-hmm. So. We got some time to see how it all shakes out. And we'll see how many more cases Deshaun Watson picks up and what else happens in the NBA and NFL world. Eric, anything you'd like to say? No, I just had I think this was the most fun I had on the podcast was doing this. The mock draft was really fun. I'd like to, to do that every year that we do this. Yeah. All right. That's all for this week. Stay safe out there. Love you. Thank you.